Hello and welcome back to Why We Write Fantasy. My name is Oscar. And I'm KJ Aiello. And today we're going to talk about something that is, I think it's pretty interesting. It's, do you need an agent? Yes or no? Of course, the answer is not yes or no. It's mostly like, it depends. <laughs> are we going to dive into that? Because if not, this will be like a Bye. 60 second episode. <laughs> but uh, I think it's a really good good spot because uh, KJ, you know the, um, the industry uh, pretty well. Uh, I do not. So some of the questions that I'm going to be asking you is maybe some are going to be based on what I know, what I've heard, uh, mm-hmm. and some others you might just tell us what it actually is. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this episode too, because like I do know a fair bit about the industry because I've been in the industry a little while. Mm-hmm. But what I found when I was entering the industry is that it was very difficult for me to be able to get information. And it's not like anybody is holding this information back. It's just like, how do you find out? And I found out through listening to podcasts, through going to events, through asking other people and just a lot of Googling. And it's a lot yeah. of hard work. So I'm hoping maybe we can distill a lot of that hard work that you would end up doing, you, the listeners, our viewers, and be able to give you the information right here. Um, and it's also based a bit on my own experience and what I've, you know, uh, secondhand experiences from colleagues and friends who are also in the industry. So I know, Oscar, that you have asked me in the past lots of questions about. Oh, and I have more. Like, that's and he thing. has <laughs> more. He's always asking me. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> but we, so, well, I think it would be good. To, like because as as we were saying, like I would be like a perfect example. Someone yeah. who has no idea is just mm-hmm. writing the the first draft. Well, in this case, is my my second draft, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know where to go from here. So yeah, yeah, and it would be great to have you here. But before we get into all that, yes. we're gonna talk quickly about what are we reading right now. So KJ, what are you reading today? I am reading *A uh, Legend Born* by Tracy Dion. This is the gorgeous cover. Now, I was actually—I should have looked up. I don't know if it's a duology or a trilogy, but anyways, there's more than one of these. This is the first book. It is a true YA fantasy. It's urban fantasy. It's like uh, based around um, secret societies and ancient legends and yada yada yada. And it deals a lot with um, racism and colonialism as well, which I really appreciate. I think it's fantastic in a YA audience because, I mean, we need these stories out there. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm about halfway through, thoroughly enjoying it. We'll be reading the second one, Tracy Dion, Legend War. How about you, Oscar? Amazing. Uh, I'm reading Kings of the Wild. Uh, this <laughs> is a, a book. Uh, uh, the author is Nicholas Ames. I hope I'm pronouncing the, the, the last name properly. Uh, but I got uh, this was recommended to me um, by Goodreads when I finished some of the few ones, and I read the the premise and it sounded really fun. And yeah. I'm actually like halfway through it, and uh, it's actually really fun. It's uh, it's a band of retired adventurers that had to go into the road again, and yeah. it's how they are getting back together, finding all the other party members. Uh, and the world is fantastic. It feels, and it's funny, it's packed with action. For me, it feels like I'm playing, like I'm reading a D&D campaign that I would oh my have God, played. This is, you. this is so good. <laughs> it's, it's super, uh, it's really high fantasy. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Like you get, nice. and I think if you play any any, any role-playing game, um, I mean, I said Dungeons & Dragons. I don't play Dungeons & Dragons anymore, but Pathfinder. Yeah. But yeah. both are kind of like similar in the type of monsters that they use and all that. 
there's a lot of references here to all those monsters. So nice. it's really fun. Um, it's, re it's really, really fun. Like I'm enjoying it, having, having a, a blast. It's super funny, um, action-packed. So this is something that I would, uh, I would totally get for myself. And I'm so glad that uh, Goodreads recommended this to me. So. Nice. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. It I is. have to put it on my growing TBR list, which is yeah. overwhelming at this point. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's, it's actually a pretty easy read, uh, especially because it's kind of funny and all that. It's like a page turner. So uh, I started this, I would say, three days ago, and I'm right now on page uh, 244. Uh, and I'm wow. not reading that. I mean, I'm busy at work, so I'm not reading as much as I wanted to. So I think this is one that if I had all the time in the world, I could read it in one day. <laughs> Just see. So it's so fun. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, really, it's really engaging. Um, okay. Cool. So... Uh, before we move into the actual questions and talking about the agents, I just want to remind everybody, if you like what we're doing here, uh, like and subscribe if you're watching YouTube uh, or subscribe to the podcast if you like the audio version on any of the podcast apps that are available in the market. Yes. Uh, okay, KJ, you are the expert yeah. here. So uh, <laughs> I thought that before we jumped in into answering the question, do you need an agent or not? <laughs> I thought it would be good to clarify what a, an agent does first. Yeah. 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 I'm really glad you asked that because I remember you and I having a conversation a while ago um, and you were, you were struggling with the differentiation between an editor and an agent. Right? Correct. Yeah. So a, a literary agent is somebody who will actually represent you in selling your manuscript or manuscripts to various publishers. That is what they do. They will help with negotiating the contract, you know, whether that's world rights or TV, film, podcast, yada, yada, yada. And they will also secure a higher royalty for you. They will ne negotiate for a higher um, book advance for you, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. They are well-versed in contracts, in um, publication, like the legal aspect of the publication world. They know a lot about that, which is one reason why having a literary agent can actually really stand you in good stead. Because there's a lot of clauses in a contract that just... You know, your average layman would have no idea what to do. Yeah. So, but in order to be able to get your manuscript to, you know, into sellable shape or, you know, when they send it out on submissions to editors, the agent will go through and do a couple of rounds of edits for you with you. So they do have to have editing chops, right? Some are better than others, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Um so an editor, an acquisitions editor, will be somebody who actually works in-house at a publication, uh, at a publishing house, right? So like Macmillan or HarperCollins or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And they are the people who will then, they get the emails from your agent that say, hey, I have this manuscript. It's fantastic. Here are the comps or comparative titles. This is why it would be great for your list. And then the acquisitions editor will then decide yes or no. They'll go through you know, kind of the, the questions that they have with you. Um, and if it does sell, if your agent does sell it to the publishing house, they will do it through that acquisitions editor. And then you are then sort of handed over with your manuscript to the editor. And that's the person you will be working with in order to get your, your manuscript into absolutely sublime shape. So it's mm -hmm. a very long-standing relationship you have with both your, your literary agent and the editor you will be working with. Okay. One of the benefits... I mean, there are a lot of benefits to having an agent, but one of the amazing things about agents is that they have networks that are just 
it's so hard to build those networks if you are not a literary agent. Makes and that sense. Is, it's their job. It, it's their job. And this is what they do full time is they go to events, they go to, to conferences and workshops, and they go to, you know, the Frankfurt Book Fair, they go to the London Book Fair, yada, yada, yada. So they are working for you constantly to be able to build their connections and to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. A good agent will work really hard for you. Yeah. So does that answer your question? Like, does that feel clear? Um, I think it does. Um, it actually brings uh, some other questions that I think uh, people would do. And um, one of the things that I want to mention is mm-hmm. the agent thing is not something that happens in every country. So, for example, in Mexico, we do not have that thing. Oh, again, uh-huh. it's, a, it's, a, it's a smaller uh, literary yeah. world in Mexico. But uh, you don't have agents. That's not something I mean, some people might have, but it's not something that is uh, kind of as a requirement as is seen here in Canada or in, in the U.S., uh, something like that. Um, usually in Mexico, if you have something, you submit it directly to the publishing uh-huh. house and they make a decision and then they talk uh-huh. to you and they do all that thing. So even when I when I moved to Canada and started writing my stuff, I thought like, OK, this is different. I need to learn a little more. So I just I just wanted to throw that in because for some people like myself, uh-huh. the the whole concept is a little strange. So maybe that's that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't know if an agent was also the editor, because right. in in where I come from, it's more like that. Like you have an editor who helps you to get your manuscript as amazing as it can be, and then they will submit it to the publishing house. So that's right. kind of like a this this person in the middle who can help with a lot of things. Um, as you said, like, I think there's many benefits. I think for someone like myself, who uh, I hate contracts, I hate doing all that yeah. negotiation. So I would be super happy that someone handles that for me. Um, right. I, I don't know if I would be, I don't, even knowing the process or being comfortable going to directly to a publishing house, like, hey, here, this is, I'm Oscar, I have this, take a look. <laughs> Uh, and I think we feel feel more comfortable having someone to do that. So uh, right. I like I like what you said about that. There's a lot of benefits and uh, kind of explaining what it is. But I think one of the things that be, even before talking about like what an agent does and how they sell and they talk to editors and all that, mm-hmm. um, I think one of the things that I would like to know, especially as a debut writer, mm-hmm. uh, how hard is it? For me to get an agent, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to start to get an agent? I, I think, uh, I mean, you've done that. So it would be cool to understand what uh, what's the process. Like right now, yeah. I'm, as I said, like I'm finishing my second draft. Uh, I don't think it's going to be ready. I think I'm going to need to do a third part. But that's my, that's my story. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, one, <laughs> once I'm done with the manuscript, what should I do? Right. So I cannot tell you what you should do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe not what you should but... do, but what, what would be the, the, the yeah. process for me? Let's say I have my manuscript sure. and yeah. I want to get an agent. Yeah. If you want to get an agent. And I also want to like sort of hang this idea here that you actually don't have to have an agent. I had an agent. I no longer have an agent. I decided to break my contract with them because I didn't feel like they were serving my needs. And you do not need to have an agent. And that's the great thing. There are so many options out there now. When I sold my manuscript, I did it on my on my own to a really great publisher here in Canada that has worldwide um, publishing and selling options, basically, like my book will be available worldwide. Um, 
I negotiated it myself and I'm part of what's called the Writers Union of Canada. So I am a unionized writer. So I went to my union and I got one of their lawyers to look at the contract for me. So these are also your options, right? You don't necessarily have to go with an agent because hmm. it can be very difficult. And the the disparity of agents to really talented writers and also the agents diversity of agents can be really difficult, particularly for black indigenous people of color. There are not enough agents to represent those writers, right? Right. You do want to get an agent, which yay, good for you. Um, you want to make sure your manuscript is in the best shape that you can get it, right? A lot of writers think that they need to then, before they actually start querying agents, is to get an editor, a freelance editor, to, to edit it for them. You don't necessarily need to do that because you need to go into your agenting relationship and then further into the editorial process with an editor. You will have multiple revisions, a lot of revisions. Yeah. So I don't actually necessarily recommend hiring a freelance editor before you start querying because it's just you're going to go through edits anyways. Mm -hmm. You can if you want. So make sure that your manuscript is in great shape. You want to write up a query letter. Query letters are so hard to do. You basically have to distill a bunch of concepts into 300, 350 word letter, basically. So you have to introduce yourself give them a hook you don't, don't you don't have to give a synopsis like don't give a synopsis mm -hmm. basically in your query letter what are the comparative titles why is this important or why are you the one to write it and give them a little flavor of who you are right something that's memorable about you try doing that in 300 350 words have fun yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really it's really really hard Eric Smith, who is an agent, a literary agent with PS Literary, he has some phenomenal resources on his personal website that relate to actually query letter writing. So I recommend that you go see Eric Smith, PS Literary Agency. He's really great for that. Um, yes, I, I love that you're giving those. Uh, yeah. uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna like what I'm gonna say, but I was yeah. doing some research <laughs> about query letters. Yeah. And uh, what I did is I actually went to ChatGPT oh, and geez. asked him. I know, I knew you wouldn't like it. No. But, but I asked uh, ChatGPT, like, write a query letter about any book that I knew. Like, for example, yeah. Lord of the Rings or The Blade Itself or Kings of the Wild. Or, like, write a query letter. And um, I think ChatGPT did a decent job. Sure. Uh, it's very plain and it's one of the issues that ChatGPT has. Like, it doesn't give the 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 actual depth that you would like to get in a cover letter but it gives you an idea of something yeah. that that you might like so uh um if you want examples find a find a, a, a book that you like and just go ask chat gpt and it's gonna keep it's yeah. gonna be like mediocre job but at least there, there's a point where you can start yeah yeah there are a lot of resources out there chat gpt is a great place to start yes not, um, the, not the place to end emphasize on the start to generate some ideas when it comes to something that's very um what is it like not stereotypical but it's like very repetitive there is a very specific formula for a query letter do not fall outside that formula because agents get like a hundred emails a day querying emails a day you got to make sure that you stand out but don't do it insofar as it's annoying to the agent yeah <laughs> you got to follow the rules basically yeah, yeah. 
So yeah, ChatGPT is a great place to start for some ideas. There are a lot of resources online as well. The Festival of Literary Diversity here in Canada, or the Fold, has a bunch of women, webinars, and I think most of them are free. And you can be anywhere in the world to register for one of them. And so check out like their their information on their website. And they have a lot of stuff on query letters, on um, submissions, on writing book proposals. So any anything that gets you to that next step. Yeah. So those are resources that are great as well that I recommend that you use. And we'll have the links to those in the episode notes yes. for everybody. Yes. If you're interested in if you're in the point that you want to start querying your your manuscript, there will be there. Not chat GPT because yeah. No, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> I have personal things with chat GPT, but to each their own. I, I actually like what you said, KJ, about not needing to have an agent. So um I know self-publishing is a thing. It's been happening for a long time. Um, you can actually, I can't write a, I don't know, five pages in Word and go to Amazon Publishing. I remember the, the, the Kindle Publishing website. And I can just put my book there and by, I don't know, tonight it will be there. Um, so it's very, I think the process is very simple, way simpler than finding an agent and the agent doing all that and all that. So um what would be the the main difference? I have some ideas, but I want to hear what you what you think. Right. So I'm going to correct you though, because you're focusing on um, not being agented being equivalent to self publishing, and that's not necessarily true. Hmm. I mean, you can be a hybrid author with an agent and still have some manuscripts that are self-published depending right. on your contract. But I don't have an agent, but I am going to be traditionally published. And this is the thing that a lot of debut authors and new writers don't know is that there are more publishers out there that actually take unsolicited manuscript submissions, meaning they'll take it direct from you. They usually have an open window mm-hmm. um, than publishing houses who only take it from agents. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. So we're we're really only talking like the big five publishing houses. There may be a couple of others and like some of their umbrellas as well, which is a big chunk of the publishing industry. But don't discount those those publishers like mine. ECW Press has got some phenomenal titles, best selling authors, award winners. Um, there's one CL Polk was published with a really great American publisher. For I had the midnight the midnight bargain was her novel or sorry excuse me their novel, and I went to look at the publishing house that published her, their novel, and they take unsolicited manuscripts and that's the whole like they're a best selling author, you know so you don't necessarily have to have an agent the reason to have an agent is to be able to, um to help you with those negotiations. And right. once you get to that level where you're like, no, I would like a nice deal. You know, there are levels of deals from a good deal, a very good deal, a nice deal, a very nice deal. And there actually is categories in the amount of money that you get in your advance. Yeah. If you want to bump that up, you need an agent. You right. definitely need an agent. And a uh, right. question about like, for example, uh, the one that you're using, where you're going to publish your book. Um, right. If let's say I have an agent, would that agent be able to, like submit my manuscript with them yes. or is this a completely different thing? I need to do it nope. myself. Okay. Nope. Absolutely. I, in fact, I would say a lot of the, of the authors who are published with ECW press, my publishing house, a lot of them are agented. Mm, okay. Right. Yeah. And so it it's was just, only... it's a, like another option, not like yeah. they, they don't take 
anything from an agent. It's different. They take no. from from authors directly or from agents. It's not like the it, the big ones that only take from agents. Yes, exactly. So it's it, it's a as far as like the the amount of publishing houses that only that don't take unsolicited manuscripts is actually a lot smaller than those who do. It's just the ones who don't take unsolicited are the big five and they take up a huge chunk of the publishing industry, right? right. Like everything that you see in Barnes and Noble and Indigo and yada, yada, yada. Um, but there are considerations. Like I, when I was first um, thinking about, I was with my agent at the time and we were thinking about where to actually query or submit my book proposal to. Um, and the, my agent at the time was very firm on one of the big five, particularly Penguin Random House. And that's great. That's a dream come true. But I actually didn't want that. I wanted one of the smaller publishers, um, even though my publisher is actually a very big publisher, because I knew that I would have more of a personalized experience. I would have more hands-on, that sort of thing. Hmm. When it comes to the big publishing houses, it's very hard to get the marketing departments to invest like money, time, labor into the marketing of your book. Right. So for me, I wanted a little bit more control over that. I wanted a little bit more of a personalized experience simply because of the subject matter, the type of book that I was writing. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not with my agent anymore is because we, we butted heads. <laughs> that happens. I knew. It happens. And that's why, you know, you don't always go with an agent and the agent you do go with, you have to actually really work well together. You are in it together. And like again, there's a lot of considerations with an agent, and I think agents are fantastic. It's just that one wasn't for me. Yeah, right? and I think that's one of the things that I wanted to to mention is that yeah. it's like in every long term relationship, mm -hmm. uh, you need to you it has to be a good fit. Yes. like you 100%. you need you need to be able to work together to talk to discuss your your writing uh, yeah. in a constructive way that's going to make you better and. Uh, and one of the things is that you need to be feel supported. Yeah, like it's one hundred percent. And now that you mentioned that you parted ways with your agent, um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask why or anything. I think that's uh, that doesn't matter. It's more like I want to know what are the the lessons that you learned from that experience mm -hmm. that will help you in the future. Yeah, um, the biggest lesson I learned was to go with my gut. Um, the agent I was with, they're a great agent. They're just not the agent for me. Um, and there were a few red flags that I was feeling. Um, and I didn't go with that. I went with the first yes is what mm. I did. And I know that a lot of people in the industry, they'll say all it takes is one yes. And that's true. It takes one yes to realize that you can get more yeses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to go with your first one. Um, so I think that's the first thing that it, it, I, I, the lesson that I learned. Mm. Um, and the second lesson I learned is that I actually don't need to have an agent. I don't need it. I'm not, that's not one of my big career goals now. Mm. Um, in the future, I probably will query. I have a couple novel manuscripts that I'm hoping to dig up and polish that would perhaps do better with an agent, but I'm not entirely sure mm. because I want that, whatever relationship that is in the future, if I do have one, I want it to be a very, um, one of mutual respect. Like a partner. Uh, a partner, a collaborator, somebody yeah. who I know will stick with me through thick and thin 
so we could be bestsellers together. <laughs> right, right. Because you, I mean, you're they make so, money you're, off of you. Right. That's what I'm gonna say. Like your success is their success, and vice exactly. versa. Like if they actually exactly. are able to hand, to, I don't know, yeah. to land a, a massive deal. Yeah. You're gonna get the benefit, but they will get their commission, which is still a lot of yeah. money. So, and yeah, one thing that I noticed with some agents is, uh, and when I was like doing some quick research uh, for them, is a lot of them say that they will basically hear uh, read your query letter once. Yes. If they don't like it, they will never ever want to hear from you again. And uh, maybe not like that, but it's more like. Um, <laughs> That. <laughs> I don't know if never again, but uh, but I noticed that like it's like there okay. were notes in some of the agents' websites that said like if you have already queried uh, before and you didn't get a response, uh, I will right. not be be considering your your query. That manuscript, but if you have another one, you can query them with that other one. Okay, That's, yeah, it's for that particular manuscript. Mm, okay, so it's for a particular. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that's good that you clarify yeah. that because I was thinking like well. I mean, you can write a piece of garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're gonna say it. When, <laughs> yeah, when 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 you are like uh, starting writing, but yeah. then you're gonna get better because practice makes yeah. better. And uh, what if you have a better thing? Like, would they be willing to listen to you? But I I, I like that you clarify that because yeah, I saw that in a bunch of uh, websites. So. Again, mm -hmm. if someone that is listening is ready to query or maybe queried yeah. before, think about what KJ just said is for that particular manuscript. If you have a new thing, go into it. And make sure, and this is why it's so important that what you put out there is the best that you can get it. Yeah. And understand full well that, you know, a team of experts like editors and agents are going to help you make it better, but the best that you can get it. If you're feeling like, oh, you know, maybe they won't notice this or like, oh, this is just, it's fine. No, yeah. you, you got to get it. You just polish it up, get some right. beta readers, maybe like a writing coach. Maybe if you can't get it to that point where you're like, I, there's something wrong with this. I don't know what it is. Maybe you do need a developmental editor. Right. It, it's yeah. very individual, but what you put out there, and I'm so glad you brought that up, Oscar, but you put out there, you have to make sure that it's, you feel confident with it. Yeah. You are proud of that work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then put your armor on because you're going to get a lot of rejection. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. A, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, we were going to talk about that in a future episode about like oh, yes. rejection, all doing that. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I, I like what you said um there and um going back to the point that you talked about the uh your your novels and all that uh would you be thinking on like self-publishing like submitting independently or finding an agent what would be your your preference there um i think it would depend on um on what the manuscript is so I, the way self-publishing is it is going now, or indie publishers or indie authors, one of my good friends, actually, Allie Temple. Who we um, just had in a previous episode. That. She is like, oh my God, I fangirl all the time around her. She is an indie public, an indie published author. Um, and she's, she's killing it. She's probably making more money with the trilogy that she just published than she would have, you know, with an agent. Like she is just doing amazing. Um, but it really depends because some, and this is the thing about fantasy is that there is some fantasy, there's a lot of fantasy out there that is highly saturated, 
right? Fantasy, like across all different subgenres and different themes and tropes, there's so much out there of fantasy. Um, it's kind of becoming like the way Harlequin was with their romances, their 50, 60,000 word romances that, you know, the real hardcore romance fan would like inhale two of those a day. So they had to turn them out. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is what's happening with a lot of fantasy now. You have a very specific trope. You have a very specific kind of plot line and yada, yada, yada. And they're getting churned out quite quickly now. Yeah. The problem with that is how do you rise above the noise? How are you heard and seen by agents or editors? And what if you have sort of like a I guess a theme or an idea that's a little bit subversive, like Ali's was with lesbian pirates like mm -hmm. and her agent at the time wanted her to age it down to ya and ali was like i'm not doing that i'm writing adult fantasy so she went the self-pub route and she's doing well with that so hmm. you know i think with you know some of my manuscripts there's definitely i have a trilogy that i'm considering self-publishing i even bought covers for them they look so cool um you know and i and i and this is what ends up becoming a hybrid author, right? You can yeah. you have so many options out there, what you want to do. You can be unagented, hybrid author. You can be agented, hybrid author. You can be only traditional. You can be only indie. The options are endless, which is one of the beautiful things about publishing right now. Yeah. Right. And I think talking about that, we need to make to mention that is this is uh, being a hybrid author is not only for people who are just starting or have maybe a couple of books. Very like high, like high recognized names high out there. Selling, yeah, yeah. Like we have, for yeah. example, the one I can think of right now is Brandon Sanderson. Like yeah. he, he's massive, and he has his books. Like they're traditionally published, and he also self-published as well. Yeah. So this yeah. is not something that is for people. Like self-publishing something doesn't mean that it's not good. It just means mm -hmm. that you want to go in a different route. And yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, if Brandon Sanderson is doing it, I, I think anyone can do it. Yes. I don't know if it, can, it anyone lot, can do but... it as their, as his level. Yeah. yeah. The level that he's yeah. doing it is is just, uh, it's outstanding. But yeah. But I think it's it's an option. And I think it's it good that, that we well, we mentioned that here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this was uh, great, KJ. I hope that we yeah. clarified a lot of the questions that uh, people had. Um, again, one of the things that I want to mention when you said that you need to get the, the quality of your work, either when you're submitting it to an agent, uh, submitting it to a publishing house or even self-publishing, it has mm -hmm. to be the best that you can do. Yes. Um, and I mean, hopefully we can help you. Like we've done episodes yeah. about world building. We've done episodes about uh, retelling stories. Uh, we had Ali Temple, as you said, which is uh, self-published. And uh, I think those are great examples that people can go back and take a quick look and see, yeah. because again, the the main the main reason why you will get published is because your work is good, right? Yeah. That's the that's. The, I mean, there's other factors, but being having a really good manuscript that you're proud of, yeah. it's the the it's it's the, the it's actually what you can do for your work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if you are really proud of what you have, what you've written and you believe in it, just keep trying. Like, I, I know I got my yes. My yes was my 70. It was after 74 no's 
I finally got a yes. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's, that says something, right. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a competent writer. <laughs> I guess I am. <laughs> I mean, I have a book coming out, yeah. but yeah, if you believe in it, you just, you have to keep going. Yeah. And if you get so many rejections or something's not landing right, then you have to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is it that I need to rejig here? Yeah. Right. And, and maybe self-publishing is the route for you, or maybe you need to go um, submit directly to editors, acquisition editors at publishing yeah. houses. You never know. Follow the trends, you know, read, you know, Publishers Weekly. There's a Publishers Lunch email that you get on a daily basis. It's through Publishers Weekly. Quill Inquire is Canada's version. Like there is so much information. Manuscript wish list. Check that out as well. Use Query Tracker. There are so many options for you out there. Join festivals like the Festival of Literary Diversity. They have so many resources for writers out there. Um, and if anyone has any questions, I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, send us email, send us a DM at Why We Write Fantasy on Instagram. Um, would yeah, write, I just, write I want, in the comments. This is, wherever this you is my thing. Yes, write <laughs> in the comments. I love to hear questions. I probably have. If I don't know, I probably know somebody to send you to or somewhere. Or, to or if Kaju doesn't know, she can always ask Chat GPT. So we'll I can always ask Chat GPT. <laughs> 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 You're a jerk. Okay. I love it. <laughs> uh, okay, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I think our time is up. So uh, yeah. make sure that again follow us on on Instagram at Why We Write Fantasy. Yep. Um, if you have any questions, just ask us there. We'll be happy to answer. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're listening to YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you're doing the audio version. And make sure that you use stay on top. Like we launch episodes every Tuesday, so mm-hmm. we'll be yeah, here. Every Tuesday, you can get rid of us. <laughs> we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>